Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everyone, it's Kelly from Zinimi, and today I'm joined with Don Harvey from Indiana. She is a licensed mental health counselor in private practice. We're going to share a bit about her story and how business school has helped her in her private practice journey. Don, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So why did you even become a therapist? Um, you know, as a small child, I used to just marvel at how the same situation to, you know, like I'm in a situation, other people in a situation, everyone has a different perspective of it. And I've always just kind of been fascinated, kind of like a, a watching sense of why people respond the way they respond, why do they mm-hmm. do what they do? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, oh, you can't make any money in psych. So I got a biology degree. <laughs> you know, it's been a path. It's been a path, we'll say. Uh-huh. But basically, I'm passionate about trauma and helping people who've had trauma. I'm a trauma survivor myself. I do EMDR, I specialize in EMDR and, um, I'm just completely humbled and honored that people let me into their nightmares and help them find their way out. Mm. That's a beautiful description of the work you do and why you do it. Have, did you always think you were going to be in private practice? Um, You know, because my background was biology and I was the first in my family to go to college, there was no like mentor. So it was just sort of, it's always been like salmon. I'm like swimming upstream, trying to figure it out (laughs) as I go. And I didn't really know what was going to happen. I was on, I got called to active duty for the war while I was in my um, master's program. And then I had another kit. So I just didn't know. I mean, life has had its path for me. Um, and I worked in community mental health for a while and that is not healthy. Mm. Talk about a very unhealthy environment. And we were all in more therapists. It, it was bad. So it was going to be private practice or it wasn't going to be, but I did fall in love with therapy for a long time. I was in higher education and teaching mm. psych and doing that kind of thing more than, or like career guidance, life kind of coaching things, which were not it for me. I'm a pretty deep person and, um, capital T capital T trauma is just where that is for me. And when did you decide to go into private practice? What was the tipping point? Um, well in community mental health, I have to schedule hundred percent of my time to be able to make my 60% quota, having quotas in helping people seemed very bizarre to me. Um, And it was just exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't even think I realized the financial difference in the time frame. but I didn't like people who didn't have mental health as their priority, making the decisions about how things ran. Mm. And just like in education, I didn't like people whose first goal wasn't the best education to be making decisions about the work we were doing. So well um, said that just was it for me, right? Like I was either going to run the show or I wasn't going to be a part of the show. So how did you decide, like, what were your next steps that you took to start your practice? 
Um, I knew I really wanted to do it. I felt like I needed, I didn't really have any business background. I have a lot of backgrounds, but business is not one of them. I, I mean, I guess it's not really fair. My husband and I have had a business for years, but no like education in business or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I had another therapist that had worked with me in community mental health. And she was like, oh yeah, we can do it. I've got all this business background. But, um, I, I was like, okay, great. Then it didn't seem so scary. And then once I found boot camp, I was like, yes, then I can do this. Right. Like if I have a bunch of people who did my exact kind of business and it's working for them and they can say, okay, so these are how you do the parts you don't know. And I've had a couple of friends who were in private practice when I need state specific kinds of things yeah. that I can go and ask, but not to the level where I felt like I needed everything, which mm-hmm. boot camp really provided. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was like, oh yeah, I can totally do this. How long ago did you join business school? I joined in the fall to so probably October. I think it was. Yeah. And we opened, so I, I bought a building in June mm-hmm. in my town. Um, I live in like in a, compared to California, I live in a very small town. <laughs> um, there are like 35,000 people in my county. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so um, I bought the building, but the building needs a lot of different pieces of work. And then I'm like, I don't really want to wait on all of that. I'm, I had downshifted from community mental health. I had gone back, got my license for school counseling. So I was working in a school counseling position to give me mental space to be able to work on building the business because I was fried in the other kind of job. Plus then I could start building it and it wasn't considered competition. Mm -hmm. And we went live with the website February 1st. And I mean, I'm at 50% capacity of replacing my income already. Wow. So it's not... And it's because you guys have encouraged the no insurance. Mm-hmm. I almost feel guilty. I'm like, is, is it really this easy? Like, mm. wh- wh- why would anybody not like, and I'm you're just, in a small town. That's like a big argument, right? You're in a small town. How did you come to that decision to not take insurance? Um, because insurance is kind of a nightmare. It's a nightmare when I'm on the, <laughs> I'm the person in it, you know what I yes, mean? Just even yes. trying to utilize my own health insurance. Yes. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And there was enough new and different things. Plus when you're not doing insurance, you don't have all those other regulatory issues. I mean, of course I care about my clients confidentially yes. and all the rest of this, but I don't have all that extra, mm-hmm. um, taskmaster. Yeah on me, which is the yeah. whole thing I was getting away from in the first right. Time. I love that you're highlighting this, right? It's the not replicating the systems that were harming you that were hurtful to the clients, not replicating them again in the new business. Like when you don't have that awareness, sometimes we tend to do the same things we were taught in community mental health. And it doesn't work because the systems are very broken and, but they're funded differently than how a private practice is going to be funded. Yes. And I was fried mm. at the end of those days and I need some quality of life. And I even kind of anticipated I would still be fried, but it, I, I don't really feel like it was the clients that fried me. I mean, that is exhausting work too. I really feel like it was the way things ran but I even had planned ultimately that I would run three long days so I could have four days of peace 
and that kind of thing. And I structured it so that I'd be able to, but, um, once I started doing it and without, I mean, I don't have the building up and going, so I don't really have a ton of overhead. I I need very few clients Mm -hmm. to replace my income, Mm -hmm. even taking 40 to percent out for taxes in case. Mm -hmm. Yes. That 40%. I'm just going to say this now. You may have thought, Oh, that's ridiculous. But that's the reality of when someone says, I want to make a six figure income. I want to make a hundred thousand. Well, then you're probably going to need to make 200,000 in revenue because expenses and taxes and taxes and taxes, (laughs) of course, depending on your state, but just self-employment tax alone is 15, you know, 0.3%. And then you have your state tax and then all of that, you know, and your income tax rate um, federally. So it does add up. And I think it's really, I love that you just speak in terms of data, you know, of like understanding the numbers. What has been some of the biggest, um, like your biggest ahas the, the past, I guess it's been like six months or so since you've been in business school. Um, my biggest ahas were websites pretty much come canned now. Wasn't really uh-huh. challenged. Uh-huh. I'm not a techie person. Uh-huh. And I don't like techie things. Yeah. But I found a pretty prefabbed one. We took our own pictures. We threw it on there. It looks beautiful. Yeah. And I got no problems getting clients. I um ahas were, I didn't even understand what SEO was. Uh-huh. Like of, and I still think that would be a useful thing but I haven't needed it. Yes. And ahas are again, because I wasn't a business background. I didn't do a whole lot of like market analysis. I mean, I know mental health is needed everywhere, right. but I haven't particularly had any problems because of my niche. Yes. So like my, um, the person who's going into business with me, she has a different niche or niche, however you mm-hmm. want to say that. <laughs> and, um, she has not taken off as fast as I have, yeah. but she did no advertising. She sees I didn't, but I did. You, you, it's just yeah. different, right? Like, so it's very like, wow, to me that um, trauma and all the rest of that is so, I mean, people who have insurance, who don't have insurance, don't care. They're willing to pay for a good trauma therapist. Yeah. For the kind of work that you do. And if you connect on that initial call. Uh-huh. Yes. It's done. And I mean it when I tell them I'm happy to help you find somebody else, but no, I'm not going to take insurance. What do you think now about, you were just saying like, I don't have business in my background. I didn't get my formal training. How do you feel about being a business owner now? Um, well, I mean, there's some really general basic principles that I feel like also work for running your own home. Like (laughs) I don't spend more money than I make. Mm -hmm. I try not to use credit. And I don't know, be honest, like it's not like, it's not rocket science. Uh Um, There are things I could enhance, I'm sure. And as I want to grow into a group practice, I'll need to refine a lot more of those pieces. Yes. But it, I mean, I guess I never really correlated why it didn't really work. We never had problems in our other business. My husband and I have flipped homes since we were in grad high school or college and, um, before it became, you know, Vogue. <laughs> yeah. 
And really it all comes down to not spending more than you make mm-hmm. and reinvesting in yourself. Right. Like, so. Yeah. And you have to know your numbers to know what that means to not spend more, you know, your like spreadsheets will make me exponentially more comfortable about that. That's good. Exponentially more comfortable. Yeah. So I think it is that like, Hey, I don't know anything about business, but now it sounds like you're feeling more confident and more like at ease of like, okay, I know what's happening in my business. It's not a fluke. It's not just happenstance. You know, it's taking simple things, using templates, using things that have already been created. So you don't have to start all over and invent the wheel every time you iterate your practice. Like when you go into group practice, when that time is, you'll know when to do it how to do it, you know, because it's been done before. Yeah. And I think the starting small and the advent or the not advent, but really the popularity of telehealth really helps with that. Right. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it's not, you don't have as much overhead initially, like what I have my website per month. I have my insurance. Yes. The overhead is much lower. Right. So it isn't as scary. It's not like I'm going to go, I'm getting into six figures of debt to try it out. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I did buy the building, but we do that kind of stuff anyway. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's nice. It is a easier to dip your toe in kind of business financially mm. yeah. than some other things. Definitely easier than real estate. That's a whole other level of commitment and diving in than, um, than a private practice. I do feel like it is one of the easiest ways to start up. When I look at any other kind of business, the startup costs are way higher. The overhead is so much more. Um, what would you say uh, you're going to work? I, you know, because business school is lifetime. What would you say is going to be your next focus in the next round of the live working session? Or as you're going through material now, where are you focused in growing your practice or shoring up the foundation? I think... Um... For me, it's more about I need to decide between whether I need to market hard so that there is a bank so that I have justification to bring people in under, right? Mm -hmm. Or, and then there's the whole piece, you know, of managing people. And I don't care if other people want to take insurance, if they want to manage that, I highly discourage it, but whatever. And, um, so I, I, for me, I think it really is those pieces about where to grow, to grow, how to grow, where to grow, being strategic about that, because, and I think this is true for most therapists, right? Like I'm not learning my craft. I know my craft. So there isn't a, if you're not doing insurance, there really isn't a lot different mm-hmm. than doing it for someone else, except for they are making the lion's share of the money and you are mm-hmm. not. Um, there isn't a lot of that. And I, yeah. So I guess it's just where and how to grow. Yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to having those discussions too, about the insurance piece. And when you're bringing on people and like, what do you want your group practice to be known for? I want to ask you a question. So your business is white rabbit wellness. Yes. Where does that name come from? From Alice in Wonderland, of course. <laughs> I mean, my initial idea quite literally was going to call it the nut house. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I thought if I'm private pay, I need some people who might not appreciate that level of humor. Uh-huh. So um, I, 
I like, I found the, the uh, logo for me is a rabbit weather vane. And mm-hmm. I like that. I found it in an antique shop because of the directionality and everything. But I, I do, I appreciate EMDR is kind of, I mean, if you do mainstream therapy, EMDR seems to look at it just seems crazy, right? Like somebody's going to move their eyes a bunch and all of a sudden they're going to have this healing, but it is radical, the change mm-hmm. that people have, right? And similar, there are lots of trials with other kinds of things that have been on the fringe. And there's just a thousand euphemisms with the white rabbit, right? Are we going down the rabbit hole or are we following it into our nightmares? Are we following Mm -hmm. the rabbit, right? And seeing where it takes us. Like, I love all of those kind of euphemisms. Plus that the rabbit is white. It's like less scary and kind of like cute and hopeful. I mean, there's so many things, but really it's Alice in Wonderland. I love that. So for those who are thinking about joining business school and aren't sure if it's for them, what do you have to say? Best $2,000 I ever spent. Mm. I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty frugal. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, we buy everything used or broken, fix it and sell it. Like I, we are frugal. Yeah. I never buy a new car, like very frugal kind of people. And it was very hard for me to choke on that. That is still the most expensive thing I've spent on my business. And I don't regret Mm. a penny of it. And I think what really tipped me over was even if I don't have time to be able to go through or absorb everything in these two weeks, it's going to come back every six months. Yeah. And And you can use it in between. (laughs) Yeah. I can use it in between, but like if I am diligent or if I have issues, then I know within six months I have access to, to to you and, and I can ask. Yes. Um, because I'm, I'm definitely an in-class kind of person. Like yeah. I'm just sits and asks a million questions. So I really, even though I've taught online, I really don't like online classes and all the rest of that. I don't like the asynchronousness, all yeah. that kind of stuff, but it is always there. It, um, as I'm ready for it, you know what I mean? Cause you're not ready for all the pieces at one time. Correct. You really do need to chew and go and chew and go. And especially if you have anxiety or any kind of, butterflies or emotionality of it, which I'm not really sure how you wouldn't, um, mm-hmm. you, you can't process that much information in the two weeks period. Right. I don't think. No, you're supposed to process what you need in that moment, you know, that's, and then come back and then chew on the next bit. So you get to take your time with it. Um, well, I am so honored to have you in our community and I am excited for the next round as we explore what group practice will look like and what growth will look like. To have launched in February and to be where you're at already is incredible. So um, in a small town, y'all, everyone, <laughs> there's small town stories of how you can't do this because it's a small town. You can. Um, and you have to know what sets you apart, what makes you unique as a clinician. And I love that you're doing that, Dawn, even down to your name. It's unique and um, really speaks to who you are and how you work. So thank wow. you so much for being here and sharing a bit of your story. Thank you for having me. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.